It takes more than reading documentation for the wrong version of the library you're using to be a great engineer. <laughs> this is episode 168 of the Soft Skills Engineering Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Smith. I'm your host, Jameson Dance. Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice show for software developers about non-technical topics, such as reading documentation for the wrong version of the library you're using. I have never done that, and I would be ashamed to know anyone <laughs> that has ever done that. <laughs> Just kidding. Definitely done it. <laughs> Let's talk about our wonderful patrons. Thank you so much to these folks who are supporting the show. Thank you to Matthew Wojtovich, the Agile Ventures Charity, Zach Grannon, Tales the Weird Orange Squirrel Thing, I guess, Luis Santos, Nick Cantar, Sean, Ivor Robotnik, Sonny Tai, Sonic the Hedgehog, Murray Rousseau, Chris Hogan, and Stanley Tactical Radio. Thank you to those folks who are supporting us at the level where we shout them out every week. Thank you to everyone else who's supporting the show. You pay for stickers, design, hosting... Mike stands mine whacked me in the face <laughs> last time we recorded, so I might have to replace it to Your put it in its place. Your face or the mic stand? <laughs> the well, we need a few more supporters to replace my face. <laughs> oh, Plus, it, it's perfection, and why would I want a, a less perfect face? Well, that's what I was thinking. If you wanted a less perfect face, we could do real life face swap. <laughs> there's a movie about that oh. <laughs> if you want to support the show you can go to our website softskills.audio and click support us on patreon if you support at any level for any amount of time you get access to our slack which is great full of kind smart people and we have engaging discussions there so come join us yes all right should we jump into our first question let's do it this comes from a listener named stefan who says Hey there, I don't program, I administer in IT, but you're my favorite podcast, awesome job, never stop. I ran into a crazy situation that is way above my soft skills ability to deal with, so I am seeking wisdom. I was working with someone from HR on a OneNote syncing problem. I asked someone to log in and let me look at the notebook in question that was causing an issue. I saw what I needed and then randomly clicked on another notebook so the problem notebook wasn't open as I was trying to fix it. Later, I approached the HR person to show me how they do something in OneNote. They opened OneNote, and the page that opened up was my employee records. OneNote syncs which page was open last, which means the page I randomly clicked on when they were logged in on my computer was my employee record, and they knew it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. They confronted me about it, not making too huge a deal about it. I tried to explain how I just clicked randomly and I wasn't snooping, but it felt like everything I said only dug me deeper. I'm having trouble staying in the same room with them because of the shame. Entirely <laughs> internal. And I'm worried if I ever need to look at their PC again, they will want full visibility to make sure I'm not snooping. <laughs> I want to make this right, but all I can come up with is honor-based suicide rituals. <laughs> what do I do? Your faithful <laughs> listener, Stefan. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, he didn't. Stefan didn't say what he read. What, uh, on the employee record? Yeah. I guess he didn't realize it was his own. But, man, what a missed opportunity. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming that's where the fabled permanent record lives. That's in OneNote. <laughs> that I've been hearing about since grade school. Yes, it's been in OneNote all the whole, this whole time. <laughs> On your employee record. Yeah, okay. So I think what you you missed an opportunity here, which was to randomly click on their employee record and get all the dirt <laughs> on them. It says here, you played hooky in fourth grade. <laughs> you brought a pack of smokes to class. <laughs> Wouldn't want anybody to know about that now, would you? <laughs> sure would be a shame if your coworkers found out that you skipped yeah, class in the fourth grade. That one time you brought a cap gun to school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's wild. 
What are the chances, yeah. do you think? I know. And and it sounds like, like you said, they didn't even look at it. Like I know. They didn't even get the benefit of it. Exactly. So now <laughs> you have all the shame and none of the benefit. Ugh. Ugh. I would be tempted to go back in, find my record, and see if they added an item that said, employee caught snooping their own employee record. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Oh, yes. Do you remember the part where he hacks into the computer system at the school and changes his days of unexcused absences to be low enough that he doesn't get failed? Uh-huh. I feel like there's a situation here, too, where you just like, doop doop doo let's just add a zero here and <laughs> swap these fields around and... And add a note what do you about know? add a note about how this employee is known for never snooping. <laughs> oh, I was listening to this podcast called Darknet Diaries. Maybe it's taboo to mention other podcasts exist. I can acknowledge it on the show. <laughs> we trust you, listeners. You'll stay faithful to us. <laughs> there was an episode about this person who got hired as an IT tech and was so toxic that they wanted to get them out of the company, but they were really passive aggressive, so they couldn't just fire them. Although they could have, they just didn't want to. Okay. So they promoted them to head of security <laughs> in the hopes that their job would be so hard and painful that they would quit. And instead, what they did was monitor everyone in the company, <laughs> record all the phone calls, play them back, learn all this personal detail about people, put backdoors in everywhere, and and like take over. Oh my gosh. The Peter Principle has failed. Yeah, it has failed. They were promoted to their level of like dictatorship, not <laughs> incompetence. <laughs> So you missed your chance to do this, I guess. Yeah. You missed your chance to just change in OneNote what your job title is. Change yep. it to CEO. <laughs> and then you're the CEO now. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I I don't know if this is a universal human thing. But I feel like if I feel uncomfortable about a thing, uncomfortable things happen around that more. Like if I have an awkward interaction with someone... And then I worry about, oh, it's awkward around them now. Mm -hmm. I just turn into uh, like banana peels show up under my feet and I just slip and <laughs> fall on my butt around them or like, yep. I don't know. Yep. Yeah. It's like it's like there are cycles in your brain that are normally dedicated to things like balance, which now have to be dedicated yeah. to how nervous you should be around this person. <laughs> or like making sure that when you stare off into the distance, you're not just staring into their eyes right. for like five <laughs> minutes in a row. Yep. Yeah, it's it's all that stuff that goes haywire. So I imagine that's going on where you're like yep. thinking really hard about a problem and then you realize you've just been staring at their nose <laughs> for for 5 minutes straight. <laughs> and they've noticed and they've been like what is going on? <laughs> like oh crap. Yeah. Okay, so now question, do the do the awkward things actually happen with a higher frequency or are you just hyper aware? I think awkwardness is partially being hyper aware. I think True. if I could live in blissful ignorance, then I would not be awkward at all. I'd just be like, what a weird nose that I've been staring at for the past five minutes. <laughs> just so strange and fascinating. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. I have nothing huh. I have nothing but curiosity about this nose. Yeah. So maybe they're both. <laughs> maybe it's I can see that. maybe it's the awareness that causes the awkwardness and awkwardness that causes the awareness. Oh man. Huh. Yeah, what do you do about it? I'll tell you what I would do. Tell me. Well, I'm a nervous laugher. So, so you would laugh a lot. Yeah. I'd be like, ha, ha, "Hey, Janet, <laughs> <laughs> wasn't it funny that one time that you ca <laughs> gotta go?" <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Wait, that's my employee record. What? <laughs> oh man, it would be it would be bad. It would just some hilarious my... japes in there, huh? <laughs> yeah, honor-based suicide rituals. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know that that would solve it. That would cause an HR problem, I believe. So yeah. <laughs> you would make this HR person's life worse. Yeah. <laughs> Trouble you're, staying in the same room. Oh, go ahead. Let's just say that if you did go through with it, your file would become a little more interesting. Yeah, it would. By the way, our official recommendation is I to mean, not go down that path. We're going to go on the record. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll make the implicit explicit. We'll, we'll let you know when you do something so egregious that that becomes the most valuable option. Yeah, this is not but it. this is not it yet. <laughs> I mean, you have to engineer a situation where they ha- log into your computer again, and you then click on something. What would you click on that proves that you're clicking randomly? That I'm a random like clicker. The, like the thing that is the most embarrassing for you to have clicked on. <laughs> like yeah i I don't know what's what what even is embarrassing nothing's embarrassing because liking stuff there's a fandom around everything now and nothing for good or for ill there's nothing to be embarrassed of anymore (laughs) it's true (laughs) like i don't know if i were five years younger i'd say my little pony but dave i've I've watched a lot of my little pony with my daughter and it's great okay (laughs) i wouldn't be embarrassed be like yeah what about, you know, okay. the values that Pinkie Pie espouses are admirable and we should all <laughs> strive to live up to them. <laughs> Recognizing your friends and bringing joy and happiness to conversations is great. Okay. <laughs> it's true. There are worse things to be fans of. Yeah. I okay. don't know. Okay. So what about like a comprehensive plan about your personal growth to transition into HR? I, I think it's got to be like, my 100 step process to stop constantly wetting my pants at work every day or something like that <laughs> that that random thing you clicked on and like oh see there's no way i would have brought that up on your computer on purpose if, if you were logged in yeah <laughs> uh i i think only time and non-awkward interactions can heal this awkward barrier well that second thing is going to be hard to achieve though yeah, that's true. The first one will happen organically, though. We haven't said quit your job in a while. <laughs> just Maybe get out of here. Trot it out. Yeah, just just leave. Well, like, I'm, I seriously do. though, I'm I'm sitting here thinking, and when you said only time, I was like, yep. <laughs> like I can't think of anything else. You just gotta let this go. <laughs> Over, let let time pass. Try to act as normal as possible, and one day they'll hopefully forget. Probably not though. I'm. Yeah, I'm trying to think of situations where I feel like I got in this awkward cycle with someone and then pulled out of it. And I can't. I I I just have a a trail of awkward memories in people's brains <laughs> strewn behind me, yeah, you know, like, like a, your little trail that James yeah. trail in other people's minds. Yeah, every job I leave, there's five people that are like, "Boy, remember all the weird stuff?" <laughs> <laughs> You know, as you were saying that, it occurred to me I had something like this happen to me. Oh, yeah? Would you like to hear it? Yes. At a company about 10 years ago, we had a shared file server where everybody put all their shared files on. And once in a while, someone would consume too much disk space and fill up the server. So I kind of took it upon myself to be the, the file server cop. So anytime someone did that, I would go through, figure out who had done it. And then go kind of notify them, hey, you're, you're consuming 80% of our disk. And so one day that happened. Someone let a whole bunch of temp files go nuts. And, and I confronted them about it and said, you know, I'm, I'm pretty diplomatic. Like, hey, just FYI, you know, you're, you're consuming X percent of the disk. And it looks like a bunch of temp files. Can you take care of that before we run out of disk space? Because then really bad things happen. And he said, no, I'm too busy working under deadline pressure to even look at that. And I was like, oh, okay, well... I didn't understand it because it only takes a couple minutes and 
the risk was like basically paralyzing everyone else's workflows, but whatever, I let it go. And then I got back to my desk and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to do a quick analysis and see where the files are and I'll save him the time of doing that. And so mm-hmm. I impersonated his user because we didn't have good security. Um, and I <laughs> launched <laughs> and I launched a app uh, for those of you who have been using Linux for a while. It was, uh, I think it was xdurstat or kdurstat, one of those two. And mm-hmm. it didn't show up on my screen. Like I was like, oh, that that's weird. So I hit control C <laughs> and, then I, and then I launched it again <laughs> and it didn't oh, show up no. again. And then I was like, oh my gosh. And then I, I killed it and then I echoed out the display variable and it was di- the variable, con- the environment variable had his host name in it, oh, no. which means it had been popping up on his screen. And then like a minute later, <laughs> he shows up at my office and he was like, Dave, did you just launch this, <laughs> this directory thing on my computer? And I was like, yeah, yeah, but it was an accident. I didn't mean for it to show up. I didn't mean- <laughs> and he just kind of stormed away. And I was just like, oh. So stupid. Like now I look like I'm doing this passive aggressive thing, right? Like I was just trying to do the research so he, oh, yeah. so he wouldn't have to, but instead it made it look like I was sending him these like subtle clues. Yeah. Look at all your garbage you're, you're <laughs> leaving behind. Anyway. That actually would have been a pretty evil, but good way to do it. What's that? that I mean, just being really passive aggressive and just hacking d- into his it. computer and <laughs> popping it up. Oh, well, yeah. I'm just thinking like if you were doing that deliberately, it'd be like, that's kind of a jerk move, but... <laughs> Uh, anyway we all admire jerks sometimes <laughs> when it's not i us. totally oh, that's that's the worst kind of shame is when i think that someone else thinks that i have been mean or rude or something when i haven't meant to be mm-hmm. oh just jabs me with little knives me too so enjoy <laughs> <Quit your> job <laughs> getting jabbed yep i think if you can go through some kind of like disaster together <laughs> Or that's a trope in movies, right? Yeah, exactly. Trapped in an elevator for three hours. Yeah. If you can join the military together and then and then serve in combat, that really brings people <laughs> together and forges relationships. That's the, there's always these people that hate each other and then they develop this grudging respect, even if they maybe they like each other, maybe they don't. Right. <laughs> maybe so. Maybe the equivalent of that is like a high ropes course. Right. <laughs> Seems pretty common. <laughs> you could double down too. That's what I was thinking. Like just. This, you may not get an opportunity to be this embarrassed again for a long time. Why not like oh like take the, the higher okay yeah this is it's relatively low cost too so you can you can use it to train yourself to not hate being embarrassed anymore yes. be- and then calibrate yeah just yeah yeah next time something embarrassing happens you'll be like well it it's not as bad as that time I pulled up my own employee record <laughs> and then like came to work in clown shoes and then. <laughs> Like spilled coffee all over myself <laughs> while coming out of the bathroom holding a coffee pot in front of this person. Whatever. Your new your new baseline is like so embarrassing that any time any day that goes by when one of those things doesn't happen, you're like, this was the best day of my life. <laughs> you're impervious like to awkward Well, I think we've solved it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Good luck. Congrats on your new superpower. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. Uh good luck. All right. I'm going to read our next question. This is from an anonymous listener. I'm an engineer at a small startup. I work half each week remotely, half in person, as do the other NGs, which is the cutest way to spell engineer. (laughs) One of the other engineers (laughs) is exceptionally skilled and experienced, way more so than I, but they are not very communicative when working remotely. 
The leader understandably becomes quite nervous as a result, especially since minor health issues have kept this engineer from working full throttle for a couple of weeks. What, if anything, can I do to help the leader trust this NG who doesn't like to chatter on Slack? I think they wholeheartedly deserve trust and their work is already the backbone of this product. Part of the reason this matters to me is that the leader has expressed wanting to reduce work from home days to alleviate this issue. I love my work from home days, and I've been told that I communicate plenty well with others when working remote. How can I help alleviate the leader's fears to protect other engineers' independence and protect my precious, precious remote time? Hmm. <laughs> huh. I love how the truth comes out Angie's halfway. is cute. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so worried about this other person. It'd be such because a shame I, if they screwed I might up lose and it. Yeah. <laughs> cost us our work from home days. <laughs> the other thing that stuck out to me that I didn't notice before is how much... It sounds like a cult when you call your manager the leader. <laughs> it's a it's a cult of NGs. Leader of NGs. Maybe that's the new engineering manager title. <laughs> it's cute. Huh. For a cult. So I I it's it's a cute cult though. <laughs> I work remotely, but I I work remotely as a manager of a team that is all remote and my boss is all remote and that that far up the org, everyone is remote. So we don't quite have this problem of the split between work from home and in-person stuff uh, among our NGs. <laughs> but part of the benefit of everyone working remotely is that we have very clear expectations around communication and availability. And it's not that the answer has to be you're always available and always communicate, but we've had to think about it and figure it out and talk about it as a group. And what I feel like is happening is the leader, the leader, both the T and the L are capitalized in my head, though not in the question. <laughs> the leader has expectations that the leader has not communicated to the NGs and is starting to get a little bit frustrated that their expectations are not being lived up to. Yep. And I think you just have to you have to clarify what they are. It's a bad solution to say, hey, this this whole work from home thing isn't working out. Let's just all work in person without like a single conversation saying, hey, how should we work? effectively when we're working from home yeah and yeah. it's maybe easier for some people to just say hey no more work from home than it is to say hey i don't think you're communicating effectively let's change that because that can be uncomfortable in a different way but it would stink expectations and feedback that's the summary for this as well as most problems in, in management <laughs> yep yeah what do you think dave well i think that if the the problem here is it's other ng and i keep thinking like the letter n the letter g yeah this other ng doesn't communicate well on Slack, so why not just ask for their Slack password and just do status updates for them? <laughs> but what if you click on their Slack employment record <laughs> and then end yourself up in a pickle? <laughs> <laughs> Only good things can happen from there on out, we've established. Oh, no, I was just clicking randomly on the status emojis, and I, I accidentally set it to the one that's my face. <laughs> Yeah, I think that would work. Or or a Slack bot that uh, reminds them, hey, like, just type, I'm here. Or like, boy, how about that great, that that prodigious sporting performance or whatever <laughs> in Slack? Yeah. Or or like, hey, I'm doing very productive things right now. Yeah. The time Currently, is... productivity is at a 94%. And you just like have a random number generator. That... <laughs> yes, that's always between 90 and 100. <laughs> yeah, wobbles it up and down. Perfect. There is kind of this butts in seats but from home mentality that might be behind this of if I can't see you working on stuff, how will I know that you're working on stuff? Mm -hmm. And the question asker says that they're the backbone of the project, but there's clearly something that the leader 
Oh, it feels so good to say <laughs> <laughs> that the leader feels is missing. So maybe the leader does not understand that their work is the backbone of the project. Maybe that's not enough to them and their expectations are different than just get stuff done. Hmm. As part of managing remote teams, I've worked with someone who I felt like um, just kind of would disappear for a long time. And we had a conversation about it. And I don't think I explained myself very clearly because I don't know that it ever came across really well. But I think to them, it felt like I was saying, hey, just type I'm here to prove that you're working and not slacking off. But what I wanted to know was it, it was more like we collaborate and communicate. And that's one of our team's values. And when you just go work for two weeks without talking to anybody, um, you're not collaborating effectively. And, and we're not yeah. the kind of team where people just go off and work by themselves for a long time. Like we have to interact and we have to talk to customers. We have to give feedback to each other. And, and we're not doing that. You're, you're not doing that effectively. So there was an underlying need, not just, hey, I don't believe that you're working because I didn't see you type anything in Slack today. So right. I feel like you have to get that out of the leader. Like what, what do they want out of it? Because the code is there. They're producing stuff. But what, what else do they want? Yeah. Yeah, and it could just be a bad expectation on the part of the leader. Yeah. Who just needs to use different metrics besides Slack communications. Yeah, but I think that's why I said expectations need to be clarified. Because if the leader says, well, I just I just don't trust that you're working if you don't type a lot in Slack or something that ends up translating to that, then hopefully you can have a conversation about that and say your expectation is wrong. That's not yeah. how we should work on this team. But right now it, it's implicit and all you know is you're not living up to it, not what it is. Right. You're not living up to something, which I will fail to specify. Yeah. And and you could just figure out what it is and then do the least amount of work to do that thing. Uh, or you could say, like, what would make the team work well? And let's make that the expectation. Yeah. I will say, though, that by default, I, when you're working remote, you really do have to put more effort in than you are used to if you've been working in a in the office with your team locally. Yeah. And I think this is there's I think there's probably like a baseline that most managers expect you to be communicating when you're remote that I think to most engineers feels over overreaching. And I'm saying that having worked remote myself now for the last year and seen other people attempt to work remote but have a little bit more struggle because they just aren't that chatty, right? They don't, they don't send yeah. frequent emails or Slack messages, so it's just not clear when they're exactly working. Yeah, you have to, you have to push information a lot more than yes. you do being in person. So design docs or pull requests or th that's that's one of the ways that you contribute by being in an office is giving feedback and you don't have that for free. So you have to that's do right. it through these other channels. And you have to pull information a lot more too because you don't just absorb stuff by that's right. overhearing things or whatever. Yeah, that's right. And there's even really subtle things that you might not even think about. For example, when you're in an office and you leave your desk to go to lunch, people know you're going to lunch. Like you put on your jacket, you step away, you leave your computer there. There's all these visual cues that mm. we don't think about. Right. And then 45 minutes later, you come back, you sit down at your desk, you take off your jacket and you go heads down again. And everyone's like, oh, Dave's at lunch. Right. But if I do that in a remote situation and someone's trying to reach me during that time, it's like, where's Dave? <laughs> you know, and, and it's like, oh, well, it's 1230. But where is Dave? <laughs> you know, like they never yeah. they never saw me leave. And so I like to when I'm going to be away from the keyboard in a remote situation, I like to tell people, hey, I'm going to be AFK for the next half hour or hour. Just heads up, you know. And I think that helps earn trust. People know when I come and go. Yeah, that makes sense. I think there are, there are some places that like to be more asynchronous and, and that synchronous telling people where you are doesn't 
jive with them. But I think some places definitely that works well. And that's kind of how my employer works too, where people generally say, hey, I'm, I'm going to be away for a little bit. There, there's a lot of trust that like, I don't know, you can be away and, and not say it and people won't assume you're just playing video games or whatever. But it is kind of a habit that shows up. Mm-hmm. The leader has expressed wanting to reduce work from home days to alleviate the issue. I mean, that would alleviate the issue. Yeah, it would. it would make it so that you never have to worry about what people are doing when they're working from home. Yeah, it would. <laughs> I used to be a work from home maximalist where I felt like everything compared to working with an office was better in every way working from home. And I am less like that now, but I still think for me, it is much better. And it's a pretty big selling point still. We're not at the point where it's normal enough that people are like, oh, work from home, no big deal. Like people want to work from home. So I think you'd be you'd be changing the culture a lot and there would be consequences to it. Yeah. And and if you're just doing it because someone isn't typing in Slack and you don't believe they're working hard, I mean, that lack of trust is not going to magically go away if someone's there in person. Yeah. I, I believe. Like, there's something at the root of that. I mean, it might. It might It might be that it only manifests when they're remote. I, I, I guess what I mean is they'll be able to look over and see, oh, productive worker X is in their seat working productively. But there's something going on in their head to cause them to say, if I can't see them working productively, they are not going to be working productively. And that won't be resolved by just moving everyone into the office, like that lack of trust in people. And like the question asker says, they're doing great work. They're the backbone of the project. And that's not enough. So I feel like it's, it could, this underlying problem could bubble up in other ways too. It, It just, you just won't be able to work from home anymore. Now that you've kind of illustrated that, kind of laid that out for me that way, I almost wonder if maybe the leader is seeing other examples. Because I think if I were in this Mm. leader's shoes and I knew of one engineer, sorry, one NG, who who is not meeting my expectations in a remote situation, I would probably take it up with that one person. But if if I sensed a trend, that's when I would start verbalizing concern with the team about possibly bringing everyone back to the office. And indeed, I... I did have this situation once in my last company where I was in a management role. We had a single work from home day per week. And I started mm-hmm. to get just just my horse sense. <laughs> well, that's not even yeah. the right word. My spidey sense, my remote spidey sense. Is um, horse sense where you can tell that there are carrots close by? <laughs> like what, what does horse sense mean? I don't know. I was just thinking about what about Bob <laughs> where he describes the Dr. Marvin. Anyway. That's that's a little reference for you. What about Bob fans? Anyway, my spidey sense a robust going form of common sense believed to be found in poorly educated but shrewd people. <laughs> Perfect. <Huh. laughs> okay, I'm gonna write that on my LinkedIn bio. Poorly educated, but poorly shrewd. educated but shrewd. <laughs> anyway. I started to get this sense. And so I looked for some data to back it up. And sure enough, I saw that like our Git commit volume on those days was like 10 to 20% lower than, a, than the rest of the week. But it, at the end of the day, I abandoned the, the idea because I think realistically, there wasn't really an issue. I was just concerned. And just because you're concerned about something doesn't mean it's actually real, especially in management when there's so many false signals. So I, if I were in this employee's shoes and I really wanted to preserve my work from home status, I would go to the manager and I would reiterate with them how much I like working from home and how it's a big part of why I work for this company. And please, yeah. you know, before you make any drastic changes, let's discuss this very candidly because it's important to me. 
Yeah, that makes sense. And especially underlining how valuable it is for retention and hiring. Oh, yeah. It's it's a competitive market out there, and there are a lot of places developers can work. I mean, you don't want to say it like a mobster saying nice Nice NG, nice NGs you got there. It'd be a shame if they all <laughs> found a different job where they could work from home. Yep. But the, I think there's some concerns there. It's it's I think it's tough to recover culturally when you start pulling back perks too. It oh, feels it bad is. Oh, it is. When your yeah. company just like takes away things you like about it. Yep. I was gonna say that you need to just sell out the rest of your team and say, listen, they all can't be trusted, but I I am capable <laughs> of working from home. And I understand if you wanna curtail their work from home days but i'll just need a little exemption right here (laughs) hmm hmm oh the other thing i was going to say was that i've found it harder to do work from home days than work remotely where working remotely full-time it becomes a pattern and i figure out my routine and i figure out how to protect my productivity and when i work well and when i don't and work from home days just in the middle of the week it's a much bigger fight to keep it from becoming the day that I can run errands at 2 2 p.m. or whatever, you know? Yep, that was one of my concerns as well. I just have all my doctor's appointments on Wednesday now because that's the day I work from home. Yep. So I feel like that's almost an argument for, not almost, I think it's more of an argument for fully remote is it helps your workflow. It's a problem you have to solve that you don't have to solve the same way if you just work from home all the time. So push further. Yeah. Double down. Go fully remote. Yeah. Talk about that office space you don't have to rent. Oh, yeah. That's like a whole more other other NG, depending on how big your office space is. Maybe <laughs> more. One, that's one full-time NG equivalent. Yeah. Well, have we solved it? I think so. Good luck. Good luck. What should people do if they want their own questions answered? Go over to softskills.audio and click ask a question. You can leave us as much or as little detail, identifying information as you want. We love your questions. Thank you so much to all those that have written them in. What can people do if they want to support the show? They can subscribe on whatever podcast thing they use they can rate us they can follow us on twitter we're soft skills eng and we have been nominated for a best dev podcast award the hacker noon website is doing some awards called the noonies we're on there we're definitely there so we'll uh, throw a link in the show notes but we would love it if you like the show to go vote for us there yeah and there's no prize beyond just swelling our egos even more <laughs> and knowing that you but were part really that's all the prize that we need <laughs> oh yeah yeah we have to pitch it like okay yeah join join our team join join the soft skills squad like and subscribe <laughs> and really help contribute to this mission of making us be number one on this arbitrary list <laughs> there, there's a lot of good podcasts on here actually i'm i feel honored to be if you like us vote for us all right all right we'll catch you next week 